Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 27th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forest 30 under 40, 30, a.k.a. No, no. I don't know why I went 40 all of a sudden. you looked at me and you're like, that old motherfucker. I, I switched back and I was like, oh, this motherfucker is definitely close to 40, a.k.a. Tim fucking Gettys. Yo, you scared me with that because uh, I was in the shower this morning and my birthday is in three days, Bless. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I can't believe I'm about to turn 34 years old. Like, that is such a crazy number to me. Like, oh, my God. And I was thinking about it. And then I get out of the shower and I looked at G and I'm like, what the hell, dude? I'm about to be 34. She's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, no, you're about to be 33. And I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) Do you you feel like you're getting up there now? Is it that that feeling of getting old? No, I mean, well, in some ways, yes, but like in terms of the numbers, no. But when I when I thought I was turning thirty four, that thirty four felt like holy shit. That's that's a lot older than I thought I was. But turns out I'm not that old, <laughs> so so it's okay. I got a hey, whole extra shit, year. Thirty two right now. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I I dude, I look up to you as like, oh, this man is like wise beyond his years. I look at you as <laughs> I look at you as like another generation. You're fucking no. my age practically. Yeah, I know, bro. That's fucking I've weird. been that. I've been like that. These motherfuckers always love me in with these old ass motherfuckers with Greg and Nick. And it's like, nah, dude, 32. But also you when you were like 24, it it felt like you were a totally different age group. And then true. all of a sudden you get 26, and it's just like, oh, Tim, we're all the same. This Saturday I'm about to turn 28. Holy shit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Birthday is, is this Saturday. And like, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I mm-hmm. know people out there are like, bro, you're still in your late 20s. Like, you're still young. But I was just telling Roger this morning. I was like, Roger, have you ever felt a hangover two days later? Because that's what <laughs> I feel like right now. I went out drinking on Saturday and I still feel that shit somehow. Yeah. This uh, worst. Well, I love that we're birthday bros. Same same week. You're two days after me. Well, I'm playing Cuphead, baby, all day. Right here. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Let's go. So that's kind of funny games. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking about doing some karaoke, Tim. I'm Whoa. thinking about it. Yeah, 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 on my on my birthday night. So look out, I might drop what? it on the on the Slack. Okay, you so said that's a Saturday. Okay, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. I like that. I like that. Look out for that. <laughs> for now, let's talk about today's stories, which include a Nintendo Direct coming tomorrow, uh, Jeff Grubb spilling some beans about Metroid, and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us. We get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny x cast went up over the weekend featuring the one and only greg miller the crew talks about as dust falls and whether it might have one of the best stories of the year you can catch that on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and then we're streaming the new outriders world slayer content tomorrow as part of a sponsored stream come hang out with mike greg and me as we tear apart new enemies in a new environment it'll be live after kfgd tomorrow on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and later on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire and fargo brady today we're brought to you by athletic greens but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news yeah oh sorry you almost got you almost got it i'm on we're both on. We have eight stories today. Well, uh, Baker's dozen. <laughs> Look at him. He went so hard. He committed, man. He, he committed was like, so no, hard. I'm going for <laughs> Like, Rod- Roger committed so hard that I thought I did something wrong. Yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, shit. I went too early. Oh, God. What did I do? What did I do, Roger? Let's start off with story number one. Tim, it looks like a lot of Pierce is telling us all the truth. A Nintendo Direct is coming tomorrow. This is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Finally, we have a proper Nintendo Direct set in the schedule for tomorrow. Tune in at 6 a.m. Pacific time for a show lasting 25 minutes long, focused on third-party games. Expect a look at Switch games made by companies other than Nintendo, so no hoping for Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 news here. As previous rumors with uh, with word of tomorrow's showcase suggested, we'd see the Persona we'd see the Persona franchise represented as well as the possibility of Red Dead Redemption 2. 
Quote, a new, a new Nintendo Direct Mini partner showcase is on the way, Nintendo wrote via its Twitter account. Now, Tim, mm-hmm. I want your opinion on this. But more importantly, I want your opinion on Bander SN's question. Bander SN wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, just like you can, and says, Hey, bless him, Tim. So it's come to this. A Nintendo Direct Mini dot 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 partner showcase is coming tomorrow. A staple of Nintendo's showcase lineup with such hits like WWE Battlegrounds, Hitman 3 Cloud Edition, and Big Rumble Boxing. Also, Hyrule Warriors was there for some reason. What games would Nintendo need to have, have here in order to justify bringing back this legendary Direct format? My picks would be Bayonetta 3 and maybe Resident Evil Revelations 3, which was in the big Capcom week. Have a great show, and I will see you bright and early for the Direct tim motherfucking gettys bright and early you will we will be reacting live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games tomorrow 6 a.m pacific um bender i think you're bringing up a lot of really interesting points first thing i want to say is a lot of predicted this was going to be not predicted uh was was told that it was going to be on the 29th and this is on the 28th and i just Mm. think that is a interesting thing where things can change at any moment and it's like i would not be surprised if that information that was locked at the point she heard it change so just this is good for us to keep in mind in the future when we start talking oh, yeah. about dates and like how things can shift can and will shift especially when you're dealing with third parties and you don't have everything locked in and you're not in total control of what's going on uh but to banders questions here it's interesting where i keep saying this as we get more and more showcases especially on the nintendo side it's so impossibly hard to find patterns that are reliable these days when it comes to how they announce these things and what to expect from them because bander you're absolutely right here the last nintendo direct mini partner showcase we got was one of the worst nintendo directs we've ever had with the wwe battlegrounds and and all of that stuff um we could definitely get that tomorrow and i i think that that is probably where the expectation should be these are always the nintendo showcases that feel the most um ad space bought where it seems like a bunch of like kind of mid-tier third-party games kind yeah. of just buy an ad space and, and you, made, you made a bunch of marketing deals for third parties now here's your time to fulfill here's them. your place to put them right yeah. um but with that i do think that there can be some updates on on some things that people are looking forward to like things like bayonetta three right i think that that could count enough uh and also nintendo the amount of times they've said we're only talking about third-party games and then slip in first party ones like it's there's yeah. just no That's fucking the thing rules. Is, you know, they say they use the wording partner showcase, right? Mm-hmm. And uh Bander SN in their question references Hyrule Warriors, which was made by a partner, right? That's not necessarily a Nintendo first party studios game. So you can kind of see how that fits in. That reminds me of the uh Crypt of the Necrodancer Zelda game that was announced mm-hmm. at a at a in, I think it was like an indie world showcase thing along those lines. Yeah. Right? Like there's I think there's still space for stuff like that to happen. I guess my question comes back to is the, is there a chance that this is a banger? I um, the thing is yes there's always a chance with a nintendo direct it is like anything can happen i think that chance is pretty slim like i for all of the nintendo directs and all that stuff in terms of branding a nintendo direct mini partner showcase is probably the thing that i'm least excited yes. about uh there's just just the right amount of words there that make me go hmm okay this sounds like one of those ba- battlegrounds style, style licensing deal showcases as opposed to we have some bangers to show Having said that, Nintendo hasn't shown shit in a very long time. So I I don't know uh, if there's going to be some surprises where it's like we're going to talk a little bit about some Jeff Grubb rumors. Those need to fit somewhere. That could just be a tweet, but it could just be here as like, a, hey, I know hey, we're focusing way. on all this stuff, but also get excited about this thing coming in the fall. Because the fact of the matter is we are now uh, about to hit the second half of the year, right? Mm. we are days away from july starting so uh the kind of fall marketing machine needs to start oh another thing to think about is um Mario plus rabbits kingdom battle rush that's not the name of it <laughs> the second one spark sparks spark of social hope. sparks of hope yeah um that one is sparks the, social that's the, a great that, one that's a great one that one he, it doesn't have um a ubisoft forward in the mm-hmm. summer to promote it so this actually i think might be where we see it you know what i'm gonna stand by that now actually that's what i want to do because i do think that there are so many third-party games in the ether that could or could not show up here so i want your over under on a list of games that i'm gonna okay. throw at you cool all right so mario and rabbit sparks of hope you're saying yes, i'm saying yes i think that that might be the 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 purpose of this one overall what about bayonetta 3 Ooh. again it has to be somewhere so why not what about Persona? You know, I, I 
I've been convinced that Persona is going to come to the Switch at some point. And now that it's uh, coming to Xbox and, you know, all the, the stuff that they announced over the last couple of weeks, I feel like it's only a matter of time before it's announced on Switch. So, yeah, why not? I feel like it has to be, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's coming to PlayStation. It's coming to PC. And when I say 8, right, I'm talking about the Persona 3 all the way up until 5, right? Like, it seems like the the floodgates have opened for Atlas and Sega to bring, the, bring that franchise to other places. Switch, I feel like, is such a why why isn't this here right it's not like persona 3 and persona 4 wouldn't be able to run to run on switch even persona 5 the original persona 5 came out on ps3 right like i could see that making making the transition there yeah. and i i would think that the only reason that you haven't announced that on switch already is because they're holding that back to actually be announced at nintendo direct so you can have that pop either mm. that or you're just looking for further ports uh down the line because maybe it is extra work to bring it to switch it's one or the other and i would hope that it's that former because I would love to see that stuff come come day and date to switch because that audience would be huge for Persona. I think that would make mm -hmm. a lot of sense for that. Yeah. An another one to throw at you. The article mentions Red Dead Redemption 2, which I find interesting. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere to me. I don't remember seeing that on any leaked list or anything like that. Um, but it also would make sense, right? Like that seems like the type of third party Western port that is going to need cloud streaming to actually work and all that stuff and is really That's not going to affect many is, people <laughs> i can only see that through cloud streaming right there's yeah. like no there's no way in hell that game is running natively on the switch like i i actually picked up red dead redemption 2 uh sunday i downloaded it it was on place it was on the playstation plus extra catalog and i was like you know what man i haven't booted I'm up I, i'm here i haven't booted up rdr2 since 2018 and like i looked at my game time and i was like fuck i played 35 hours of this game before i dropped wow. off of it yeah and i got probably about halfway through the story before i was like i don't know if i'm digging this picked it back up yesterday and i was like god damn this game is hot right like this game is such a a technical marvel and a technical masterpiece but also it was a great reminder that that game takes up a lot of space a game that game is a lot of gigabytes like i think that <laughs> alone is going to be an issue for the switch let alone like the technical aspects of how that game runs a lot of stuff no way the switch is running red dead redemption 2 unless it's via cloud which yeah. i could see but also you know gta 5 isn't on there yet you know i feel like gta 5 would be the move before red dead redemption 2 but who knows yeah another one i'll throw at you sonic frontiers that's a game coming to switch this fall that is yeah and you know sega and nintendo have had a a healthy relationship um in in recent times i i wouldn't be surprised to see it there that, that's the thing is like with this the everything that we're talking about these all seem like the type of things to expect like because what would be most exciting to us is like brand new announcements right like we know about bayonetta 3 we know about all this stuff it would be nice to get an update on mario rabbits and things like that but like i think what we're really looking for from this because we've been kind of uh starved recently of big nintendo announcements so in a era that we're getting xbox and playstation announcements out the wazoo over the last like six months uh playstation a little less so but uh, they're, they're, there's been some bangers on the third party side with with uh, capcom and square yeah, yeah. The last day of play yeah yeah yeah, strong yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they're they're bringing it nintendo's not right now they're kind of just like they have their games they're coming out and they're they're promoting a like summer lineup of things like with mario strikers and xenoblade and like they got a, a cadence of releases but now it's time to start like deep diving on them and talking about what's next um so i i worry we're not going to get any announcements any big announcements mm. from this thing but also i don't know man it's a june it's end of june so i wouldn't count this as like nintendo's big june thing right and especially with the amount of words they added here with nintendo direct mini partner showcase <laughs> do you i mean do you think there is a big not june thing because we're at the end of june but big summer showcase that is outside of this i think there is a big showcase i don't know that it's going to be the summer nintendo mm. has to have a big direct sometime this year like mm. when you look at their you can go to uh, i forget the exact website but nintendo's nintendo.com has some web page that has a history of all the directions you see all the dates no matter what with the pandemic no pandemic all that stuff when you start looking at uh how many per year and what gets described as a direct versus a mini versus a xyz like you it starts to tell a story of there needs to be at least one major direct per year that like mm. um tells everybody what to expect for either the upcoming season or beyond in the case of when we had the, the pandemic year the first one now tim i can keep throwing at you different game titles that i want to see or that i want to know what your prediction is for tomorrow but i want to let mm -hmm. jake bakes cakes take it over jake's okay. make jake bakes cakes writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says hope you all had a great weekend nintendo is back with a third party showcase from least to most likely rank these potential announcements all right jake bakes cakes then lists mario and rabbits 2 release date persona on switch 
Silk Song release date, Batman Arkham Collection, or nothing worth getting excited for. Thanks for all you do, and let me know what you hope to see there. Now, Tim, all right, again, we got Mario Rabbits 2 release date, Persona on Switch, Silk Song release date, Batman Arkham Collection, or nothing worth getting excited for. How do you rank those? Ranking them, I, I think that nothing worth getting excited for is number one. Mm. I think that is the most likely outcome for how they're presenting this. Uh, second most likely, I would go Persona on Switch. Third most likely, Mario Rabbids to release date. Damn, Silk Song getting down there. Oh, Silk Song's the last thing that oh, I, God I expect to see. Yeah, it could happen. It totally could. Again, the Switch and Silk Song, that makes a lot of sense. Like there's there's been uh synergy there before like i can i can see it happening but the fact that we just saw silk song again at uh, xbox and granted the only news there was it's coming to game pass uh mm -hmm. so getting the date here could make sense but i i'm just not expecting it it'd be hype but i'm just not expecting it i haven't heard about the batman arkham collection that's just such a i don't know maybe why yeah, not probably. that sounds like something that'll, that'll happen inevitably right yeah I'd, so if you told me it was already on switch i'd be like oh yeah that makes sense so I'd put the Batman one over Silk Song and Silk Song being the last for what I expect from this. Now, I wanted this clear. I'm going to say this right now on kind of Funny Games Daily on Monday right before we react on Tuesday. Like, there, I've said my expectations correctly for this, that it's going to be a bad show. So mm -hmm. if it is a bad show tomorrow, and then I'm like, oh, man, I'm, this is a bad show. Please don't get mad at me saying like, oh, Tim, you set your expectations too high. No, I just because they set my expectations, it's going to be a bad show doesn't mean that it's not a bad show. You get what I'm saying? Tim, they're going to get mad anyway. Oh, like, no, you know, I, I, I appreciate you trying to set that bar, but yeah, just, they're gonna, yeah. you know what they're going to say. You I'm just trying to say. throw some logic out there so that the smart people out there can, you know, stand up for me when it, when it inevitably happens because that's just the way of the world here. But Or it's going to be a banger-ass show and I'm going to be happy. I hope let's, so. Let's hope for that. Because we've gotten those, right? Like the last state of play really surprised me. That was a third party state of play, and mm -hmm. it turned out to be the best state of play ever, right? Like, what if this Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase is the best Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase of all time? Uh, the, the bar's low, bless. For the that. bar's low. So they can leap way beyond that thing, but we'll have to see tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., right here at twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. But for mm -hmm. now, Tim, let's keep talking about Nintendo with story let's number two. It. Jeff Grubb says Metroid Prime is coming to Switch. This comes from Gabe Gurin at GameSpot. At long last, it appears the Metroid Prime trilogy is finally coming to Nintendo Switch. Metroid Prime Remastered is reportedly only a few months away, with remastered versions of the second and third games also planned. According to Jeff Grubb on GameSpot's sister site, Giant Bomb, Nintendo is planning to release Metroid Prime Remastered this holiday season, likely to match up with the 20th anniversary. He also said it's possible, uh, dual, it's possible dual stick and gyro controls could both be included, and the improvements will likely be greater in Metroid Prime than in 2 or 3. It could very well be one of the biggest games released on Nintendo Switch in the latter half of the year for Nintendo, and it'll be the second new Metroid game in as many years. Now, talking about Nintendo's fall is very is very interesting because we're talking a lot about third party via that last story, right? Mm -hmm. When you get into first party, that is where things start to become a little bit more barren, but not like dire by any means, right? It seems like we could we could get well, we we are going to get Pokemon. Splatoon three is announced. I believe that has a That's date summer in September. Is it summer? I'm pretty sure, right? Isn't that I want to say it was July. I think Xenoblade is July. Splatoon, Spl I want to say. It's September 9th. Poor fall. Okay, cool. September cool. 9th. So, yeah, you got you got Splatoon in there. Uh, and then I think you know, if Metroid Prime, the remaster, comes out this fall, that could help fill in the gaps. And then you have the third-party stuff on top of that. Like, Tim, one, how do you yeah. feel about this Metroid thing? Two, how do you feel about Nintendo's fall overall? Oh, man. So, Metroid, I'm extremely excited about. Metroid Prime is one of the greatest games of all time. And I know a lot of people, uh, even at Kind of Funny, haven't been able to experience it yet. And I think that this is going to be a great entry point. Um, I also like this idea of one being separate from two or three. Like, from everything I've been hearing about this, it sounds like they're just putting more love into whatever number one's remake, remaster situation is going to be. And uh, one is the, the, they're all good games good to great games, but one is a 10 out of 10 master. One is the classic. Yeah, so I think that kind of uh, putting more attention on that is is wise. Um, and I also think that putting them all out together kind of like, it doesn't necessarily water down the whole experience, but like there's something special about Metroid Prime 1 that I think will hit differently than, hey, it was just a trilogy. Uh, but I am very excited for that. I, it, it's inevitably coming out. It does seem like everyone I've talked to behind the scenes has said that like, yeah, they've just been sitting on this. So it's like, this is going to happen at some point. Um, and in terms of how I think about the fall for Nintendo, I'm 
excited. It's just one of those years that's not screaming my name in terms of the games I like mm. from Nintendo. Um, this is another one of those years that is leaning more on the the Splatoon and Xenoblade type games, right? Yeah, we're getting Pokemon, which, uh, but I mean, even then, we're not getting a Fire Emblem. We're getting Fire Emblem Warriors, yeah, um, yeah. which is, you know, cool, but those Musou games are like, they're, they're, for, they're for a niche audience exactly so it's like i'm looking at this year and i'm like all right i'm excited for pokemon but like am i really excited for pokemon or is it just another game that i'm gonna play <laughs> yeah. later in the year you know it's just it's hard to get excited for pokemon uh at the clip that we get them um so without like a big mario game 2d or 3d or even the 3d world style um and not having one of those in a while and uh looking at like what the mario kart team's working on like what grezzo's working on there's just like a lot of the the Nintendo kind of verticals that I'm most interested in are kind of lackey this year. And that's okay. But uh, I'm very excited to get the next slate of announcements from them for 2023. Do you think going back to the Nintendo direct conversation and when, when they have their next big direct, do you think there is one where this, the, the Metroid prime game shows up at? Cause I do think like, you know, again, talking about Metroid prime, there has been talk about what if there is a Zelda remaster sometime this fall since Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 got delayed into next year, right? Do they fill the Zelda slate for the rest of the year? And do we have those one or two other things that is like, you know, the those surprise Nintendo games that we might not think about in the way that we got the we got the latest Mario Party game announced at the last Summer Direct and that came out that fall, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that same thing might have happened for WarioWare and maybe a couple other games. Do you think there's something in July that is, hey, here's Metroid Prime, here's this thing, here's that thing. The fall is actually a bit a, more of a banger than you might have thought. Maybe not 2017 levels, but you get where I'm, where I'm taking this. Yeah, totally. I uh, Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know where it's going to happen, though. I feel like with those things, because we know, so there's Metroid Prime that Grub's talking about here. Mm. Um, and then there's also the very likely Twilight Princess and Wind Waker ports. So with all of those, I wouldn't be surprised if we get them all distributed throughout the end of this year and then where do you announce those i think it could be tomorrow i don't think that it's likely and with the way that they're talking about it so third party it makes it a little less likely but not impossible i don't think that these are the levels of announcements that are going to be like earth shattering because like we all just expecting them at this point uh it's awesome news everybody wants it these are some of the best games ever being ported to switch great um but i feel like those could also just be tweets at any random tuesday then Nintendo just puts out, hey, Metro Prime's coming. Here's a date. Here's a trailer. You know, and the same for Zelda. Um, but yeah, I don't know. July. Let me rephrase this. If you're asking me when do I think we're going to get the next big Nintendo Direct that actually announces all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Ah, my God, at this point, says September. God damn. That's too far away. That's too. I mean, I, I like believe you. If I wanted to know, but no, that like it's a little bit heartbreaking because I want. I think I, I, I'm with you that this fall for Nintendo seems decent but it's also not screaming at me like i'm gonna play pokemon at least some of pokemon right like i really i i dug pokemon sword enough i played quite a bit of brilliant diamond and didn't finish it because i was just bored by it and i I barely even touched uh pokemon legends arceus but like usually when there's a new pokemon game coming out i do plan to play it to some extent pokemon um uh violet right right violet and other color scarlet i'm looking forward to those but I'm also like, yeah, they're they're the next Pokemon games coming up, right? They're not like gonna be mind blowing things for me. So two and three, I want to check out. Andy Cortez says it's my kind of game, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, if Andy says it's my kind of game, and honestly, looking at it, it looks like my kind of game, I should finally give that give that a shot. And even Xenoblade, I kind of want to give a shot, but it's for me turning into a summer of pick which JRPG you want to get into. And right now, Soul Hackers Two is kind of in the forefront of where my in- interest lays. Uh, I man, I want to pick my switch back up. I I want to get excited for this fall, <laughs> but like nothing is really screaming to me in that extent. So we'll see. Hopefully something comes up that that gets me excited for the switch. Yeah, I mean honestly, on the Nintendo side, I am just most excited for what is the Odyssey team working on since oh, 2017, yeah. right? Like the DLC they put out for that game was so much more limited than I think any of us would have expected. Like there was a surge of DLC around that time for Nintendo where it seemed like they were trying to start taking it seriously. And they ended up just putting out that like balloon mode or whatever. Like we all thought that there was going to be like new kingdoms, right? And like it just didn't happen. So I wonder what they've been working on. Like there was was all those rumors of a 2D Donkey Kong game that like I literally anything they're working on, I'm going to be stoked for. It's one of the most talented groups of people on the planet. But what are they doing? Where are they? Tim, do you know who else I wonder about? Ubisoft, specifically Skull and Bones. And story mm. number three, it mm. seems like Ubisoft will finally re-reveal Skull and Bones this next month. It is claimed. This comes from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. 
Ubisoft will finally re-reveal online pirate game Skull and Bones next month, it is claimed. That's according to writer Tom Henderson, who claimed on tryhardguides.com that the publisher is planning to show gameplay and reveal details of the title's mechanics during the week of July 4th. That's next week. If true, this would represent the latest indication that the long in-development title could finally be approaching a release date. Over the past month, Skull and Bones ha uh, has been raided by boards in both Brazil and South Korea, suggesting that it could arrive during Ubisoft's current fiscal year, ending March 2023 as planned. There have been other potential signs that the game could be nearing completion, most notably via a leaked Skull and Bones video in April, which provided an overview of what players can expect. According to the six-minute video, the game is set in a world inspired by the Indian Ocean during the Golden Age of Piracy. Players begin their journey as an underdog whose goal is to become the most infamous pirate to sail the seas. Skull and Bones was first revealed by Ubisoft at E3 2017, with a release date set for the end of 2018. It was then delayed to 2019, then March 2020, then the fiscal year ending March 2022, then the fiscal year ending March 2023. Mm -hmm. Tim, Skull and Bones, we've been waiting for it for uh, five years at this point to come out, and it's just been it's been going and going. What do you we've expect been waiting, this review? We've been waiting for it for five years is, is a way to say that. It's a way they've to been, say it. We've been known about, its, about it. We've known about its existence for five years. Yes, that is that is true. I, I am, at this point, surprised that it's still happening but it's also one of those things where it's been i've been surprised that it's still happening so long that it kind of just has to happen because too much money yeah. and resources was put into it um but wouldn't be surprised about this it is weird where we didn't get any word from ubisoft during this uh summer game fest season like last the last couple of years we got those ubisoft forwards, ubisoft forwards and it was a while where we were getting multiple ubisoft forwards a year and I think that the pandemic and the effects of everything have kind of caught up to them where we haven't gotten one in a while. I don't know if we got one this year, did we? This year, no. No, we got one last year. Like, yeah, I remember later last year. But, like, that's that's a while, right, for Ubisoft to not have big announcements to to make, like, especially when you think that they were the last remaining big third-party uh, conference at E3, and they were always the biggest third-party conference. Bethesda, if they had their their moment, they had their shit to talk. They'd come out and like show some stuff. But Ubisoft always was dropping like twenty game announcements, and like a lot of them were things we'd expect annualized versions of Assassin's Creed and Just Dance or whatever. But the there was a lot to talk about, and it's just interesting to see their strategy kind of shift and change. Where it's been almost a year, and we haven't heard about what they're they're working on or updates on the the things despite avatar supposed to be this year yeah avatar is supposed to come out this year right like it, and it seems like they have a lot to talk about assassin's creed infinite or infinity or whatever that's supposed to be you know like that's out there in the ether and they said that we'll hear more about that in the fall right but like where does that where does that leave ubisoft forward if there is even another ubisoft forward you know again like uh, uh roller champions was another one that you know, we had been waiting on more information uh, on, and it just dropped out of nowhere. They're like, hey, Road of Champions is out, and you can play it. And that's one that I would have expected to appear at some kind of showcase. Uh, it, I I don't know if the strat for them is leaning off of it because maybe schedules get weird with pandemic and, and video game development being hard and maybe shifting schedules and things not coming out on time and all this stuff kind of coming into play, let alone how many games they have out in the ether that people have questions about between Beyond Good and Evil 2, be, between... X Defiant. I bring up X Defiant, I feel like, every episode at this point on Games Daily because I have so many questions. Like, where is that thing? Division Heartland, the list goes on in terms of games that have been put out there. Like, what's going on with Prince of Persia? You know, and, like, maybe it is the fact that they just don't have answers for us yet that they're ready to mm -hmm. reveal, and so it is them uh, playing uh, playing things, things close to their chest. I do feel, I do find it interesting that it seems like this reveal is happening next week apart from a Ubisoft forward. Mm -hmm. right i wonder if that means that release is imminent i wonder if that means that it's going to be a hey it's and it's out next week situation or next month situation otherwise well, why not just hold it i mean here the, the, over the past month golden bones has been raided by boards in brazil and south korea suggesting it could arrive during the current fiscal year ending march 2023 so yeah like that that could happen that does seem a little sooner to me than i'd expect for this game like it feels like a march 2023 this feels like a up to the last minute uh, type game but yeah. hey if they're talking about it separately maybe you're you're onto something maybe they don't have a ubisoft forwards worth of announcements but they do have one game to confidently Good. talk about at whatever state it's in yeah and it, i mean 
Ubisoft, I don't think really does early access. Like they do early betas or early alphas to like do the the playtesting stuff, but typically they don't do early access. Skull and Bones does scream to me as, oh, here's an early access game that we can put out, and we we do the full 1.0 launch sometime in March, mm. because it, it seems like this is the kind of game you want people to get their hands on and really experience uh, and really tinker with to figure out how you want the sy- systems to work and how you want cosmetics to work and microtransactions and balancing and all these things. I went and I watched the leak gameplay breakdown of Skull and Bones and they really want that game to be a games as a service type title. It looks like from what we saw that game uh, as in 2017 to what it is now, I remember the big complaints in 2017 being, oh, this is a game where you, you're you literally playing as the ship. Like you're not really like running around as a character. You are doing ship battles, but it seems very barren, barren in terms of giving the player the freedom to run around the world and really experience being a pirate. Looking at the gameplay breakdown, that I, I recommend people if people if if you're out there you're listening or watching and you're like I really want to know what this game looks like look it up on on YouTube I got it off of the uh who did I get this article from I got it off of VDC right where I, where I, where I got this article from the the game looks way more fleshed out than it did when they originally showed it right you are playing as a pirate you are unlocking different cosmetics for your pirate you are teaming up with uh other players right co-op partners you are uh doing these ongoing things you are searching for treasure you're getting to battles like they this game seems like it has a lot more content than originally introduced which i think is going to be really good for it but also like it is going up against other established games like sea of thieves which i think is going to be a battle for it at the same time it seems yeah. like that was a shift i do think they saw sea of thieves how that was doing and went ah oh, shit all right if we're gonna make this pirate game we gotta we gotta go all in we can't just make this game that is taking the shit mechanics from assassin's creed 4 and just doubling down on that and just putting it out right we got to make this a full-fledged thing that people are gonna not just come and play and, and bounce out but actually live in in the way that people will live in sea of thieves yeah i mean it's it's really interesting to look at this game in particular and try to understand where it fits in what ubisoft is like it's crazy where i feel there was a half a decade run if not more where ubisoft game meant something very specific right it meant uh open world towers you're unlocking areas and, and just kind of rinse and repeat different coat of paint on it uh but that's what a ubisoft game is and i feel like that is still true but in the same way that rpg elements uh were a thing that we used to have to talk about being in video games and now that's just what a video game is like every video game has a skill tree i think ubisoft what a ubisoft game means has just kind of found its way into every game now if you really ask yourself what does a ubisoft game mean in 2022 it is way more like oh it's probably a games as a service type title right like yeah. skull and bones really does fit into what they've been doing the last couple of years which is kind of tripling down on putting new content into everything from Assassin's Creed uh, to Rainbow Six Extraction and things like that, where they're really committing to trying to make their games platforms more than anything. So maybe that is a reason why we're not getting as many announcements for things because there's just less games that Ubisoft is actually putting out. They're just committing to those individual games more. Um, And when you look at that slate of games that they're committing to right now, Skull of Bones being one of them is interesting like i don't I see mean, this game kind of being that big of a success that's the thing is when you look at that slate of games right for me i, I take it back to riders republic which felt like it should have been more games as a service and they're treating it a little bit like that with the cosmetics and with with updates and stuff but they didn't go all in on that and that was still a full price game but then you get to rainbow six extraction that launched on game pass which is going to get into more people's hands and that's a game that i i, I would think that you would support in that same way too but I don't think they supported it enough. Like, I don't hear people talk about Rainbow Six Extraction the way that we talked about it for one week in January. And then you go forward to Roller Champions, and that's another one. I believe Roller Champions probably has a roadmap, and that game is free to play as well. And, you know, that's, that, that's another one that we talked about for about a day or two, but then you see people fall off of it because at launch it doesn't have the content that it needs. I would love to see all of these games have people return to them because Ubisoft puts content in that entices those audiences right like if ubisoft right now put out like a hey here is the resurgence for rainbow for um rainbow six extraction or even for riders republic i would love to get back into that i would get back into that for for new content for new modes for new cause for new interesting cosmetics like i would love to see them double down on that stuff and actually make it work make it dope and i think that's what they want to do for soul and bones but if i'm looking at the history of how they've done it recently I get a little bit fearful with it, right? Like I want, I want it to be dope. I want it to be good, but yeah, like it's a it, their their business strategy right now is so this is such a mystery to me in terms of yeah. how they think about it and how 
much they don't double down on it a lot of the time. I really wonder when we're going to get the new version of what Ubisoft is, because they're clearly feeling the ramifications of a lot of shitty shit going on over there, but then also just mm-hmm. the state of the world and also just like the way that their games used to work don't work that way anymore. So I wonder in 2027 what Ubisoft looks like. What, what we expect from you are owned by different people. I think at that that's point, the thing. Right? Yeah. Who are they owned by? What games are they making? Like, I don't know, but it, it's pretty wild because they did have a stranglehold on a, an entire, I don't even want to call it genre of game. It was just like a vertical of gaming with a yeah. Ubisoft game, like, and it being multi-platform, like Ubisoft has a dominant force. Dude, mid PS4 era, they were on a run, right? It was here are the Far Cry's, here are the Assassin's Creed's, here like here here's Rainbow Six Siege, here's the game after here's like here's Trials games that are killing it, and like they still have they still have those in in rotation, but like mid PS4 era, it felt like they were on a mission. They're like, yo, we got something to prove. We're trying to fight off of indie. We're going to live as a company, and now you're kind of seeing them, yeah, uh, I think suffer a lot of the ramifications of their their. Uh, what they call their editorial team, who is in charge of green lighting and the creative direction of a lot of Ubisoft projects. That team has seen, it seems like shakeups and has seen a lot of criticism in the last few uh, few years with all the shit that went down at Ubisoft. I wonder how that has kind of trickled down from the bottom up of, or from the top down of, hey, we got to shake up this team. Hey, we got to find new ideas because people are getting tired and burnt out on what Ubisoft games are. And then maybe, maybe just a shifting course of what AAA looks like. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of third parties, Activision, right? But that's a lot of people are getting bought up. Square Enix uh, selling off Crystal and Eidos. A lot of these studios are getting bought up because it is so difficult right now to compete in AAA third party because one, there's a lot of competition, and then two, a lot of players are shifting into a lot of free to play ongoing types of, ty- types of games, and there's just a lot less space to breathe and have games that come out and aren't fucking knockout successes. Like you can't come out and put out seven out of ten single player action games like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta come out and you gotta bring the stuff because if you don't bring the stuff like sony santa monica will bring the stuff or naughty yeah. dog will bring the stuff right if somebody and the else budget's will. there right it's yep. not like like the, if, the, if you're putting the money in you gotta get the money out 100 percent. yeah and i wonder how much that affects them and i think to your question of when do we see this next new version of ubisoft come into fruition i think Assassin's Creed, this next Assassin's Creed Infinity thing that they're working on, which is the ongoing version of Assassin's Creed. I think that'll be the big indicator of okay, this is gonna this is gonna work for them, or no, they're gonna shift all the way back because Assassin's Creed that is their biggest IP, that is that like that is their bread and butter, that is where they're putting all their chips in, and if they're taking Assassin's Creed and shifting it into this ongoing model, that shit better be fire. Like that shit is, I, I think, is going to be the hey, this is our our icon of what what like how we view the strategy going and if that doesn't go well then i think you one you see a lot of problems uh ubisoft right i think that then kind of lets them give kind of give up and maybe get bought by somebody or you see them revert real hard and go back to what ubisoft traditionally has been and we'll see if that works a lot of question marks right now for, mm-hmm. for ubisoft tim i want to talk about hideo kojima in a second but before we do, I want to talk about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by something Tim literally uses every day. AG1. Tim's birthday is June 30th, and he decided to give himself the gift of taking care of his body with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things! Tim mixes AG1 with his water, loves the taste, and says he's feeling better than ever. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Story number four, Kojima shelved a project because it was too similar to the boys. This is from Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. 
Hideo Kojima has claimed that he recently shelved a project he was considering for a long time due to its similarity to the Amazon series The Boys. Speaking on Twitter, the mind behind Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding said that he, quote, put it on hold because the concept was similar, different settings and tricks, uh, to the Amazon show. Quote, a buddy in, in parentheses, male slash female, uh, a buddy thing with a special detective squad facing off against legendary heroes behind the scenes, Kojima said. I was thinking of Mads Mikkelsen as the lead, end quote. Oh and you know it's real because he was thinking about Mads Mikkelsen. That's very Kojima. It's unclear whether Kojima meant a game or a project in a different medium, especially as Kojima production seeks to expand into multimedia. The Boys first re- premiered on Amazon in 2019, which would mean that this project could have potentially been Kojima's next project following Death Stranding. However, as Kojima says, this didn't come to pass. He's now working on a recently confirmed cloud-based game with Xbox. Tim, could you imagine no. a Hideo Kojima game that is a lot like The Boys TV show in comics? That sounds like a dream to me, man. Honestly, like Hideo's take on superheroes and just all of that, what he could do with that. Like, I, I feel like that's the type of focus that I'm looking for from a Kojima game these days where I, I feel like, you know, I don't need to get into it. You already know. But Death Stranding, not really my thing. But I, will, I yearn for the days of like the earlier Metal Gear titles in terms of story of what they what he did with all of that and wrap superheroes into that. I think he could absolutely nail and especially Dude, in a way Kojima that the would boys, knock out the park. he would. And, and honestly, more than anything, I just love this era we're in of Kojima tweeting. Like the last oh, yeah. like two years of him just like tweeting his thoughts about movies or TV shows or just whatever the hell's going on. It's just the best. And like he's just such a a fun person to read their thoughts. Right? Do you remember like, when he like he tweeted out? There's like a few years ago, there was like a couple of movies t- coming out where he was like, oh, man, I watched this movie. It was a masterpiece. And like he went on like a long paragraph about it. And then there was another movie where he was like, I forget what the movie was. It might have been like Last Jedi or something where he was like, I just watched Last Jedi. And that was the tweet. And it was yeah. like right after that long paragraph. I almost I almost made my own version of that yesterday because I watched I watched Obi-Wan and I've also been watching um, Spy X Family on Crunchyroll and I've been fucking in love with Spy X Family and like I watched Obi-Wan and I was like okay that was that was a show like I enjoyed it whatever and I almost went on like a oh man I've been watching Spy X Family it's been uh, one of the best comedic animes I've seen in years I fucking love it yada 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 and I was gonna follow up with I just watched Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah I didn't do it I didn't I didn't do I didn't want to make people mad but yeah yeah yeah. I watched 13 going on 30 for the first time last night how's that Honestly, was that like were you watching it in like an autobiographical way? Were you trying to pretty, like yeah, <laughs> live vicariously? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, it started off and I was like, I don't know about this one, guys. And by the end, I was like, this movie fucking rocks, Fuck yeah, man. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> Roger, I saw you watch Blade Runner for the first time. Yeah, dude, that movie. You love it, dude. Oh my Blade god. Oh my god, dude. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Is it, there's I mean, an anime too, right? That's what I heard. Yeah, the, Is it a couple good? animated. Uh, yeah, it's cool. They're, they're more like shorts than mm. it's not a whole anime series, but gotcha. they're they're rad. And oh, I can't wait for you to watch twenty forty nine. I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. I'm forcing it. It sucks oh, because man. I had to force Lanza to watch uh, Dune with me, and I have to force force her to watch twenty forty nine. She yeah, whatever. Twenty forty nine is fun. We're gonna though. do it though. I, I'm excited. It, I'm excited. It's a it's a good ass movie. Yeah. But yeah, back to this Kojima thing, like. I fucking I love this. It reminds me a little bit of uh, No More Heroes. Actually, I know No More Heroes in in terms of like concept and actual like what what that game is. It's different from the boys, but it is that similar idea of yo. Here's this dude who is like going after these super powered assassins, and it is like it has like the kind of cutscenes that you want from like that that kind of campy thing, right? It is him give just going off in in, in, in with like attitude driven dialogue and all that shit. All the shit that I could see Kojima taking and doing super well right especially mm-hmm. if you take the boys concept uh, going into it right it is here's a buddy cop it's mads mickelson and i don't know man let's 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 partner him up with will smith it's mads mickelson and will smith why not i yeah, love it's, it it's like it's a bad boy spinoff it is them going after superheroes and each each encounter it's like fucking metal gear right where you have this like let's say a group of five superheroes you're going after them just one a unit a, a unit of just some a fucking sort unit yes a unit of some sort and it is the the cutscenes you want it's the badass back and forths like and i'm, I'm with you right death Stranding was different for what kojima usually does and i fucking i, I love death Stranding, but and i want to say i've said this on the show before i what i want kojima to do is do a one for me one for you method Death Stranding was for Kojima, right? Okay. Death Stranding was Kojima getting in his bag, giving us art, doing all that shit. And I fucking loved it. I enjoyed it, Kojima. But now give us one for the audience, all right? Give us just a 3D action game, a third-person action game. That's all I want. And then go back to your art shit and then give me another one for me. I love it. I love it. I'm right there with you, Bless. 
Who would you want to wear if, if besides Kojima, mm-hmm. right? If there was a The Boys video game, greenlit. <sighs> oh, who man. would you want to work on? I made I made this tweet last week that I'll love to see Netherrealm make a The Boys fighting game in the similar vein as Mortal Kombat, right? This is basically the middle oh. point between Mortal Kombat and Injustice, where it's Injustice with the rated M violence. People are getting their fucking throats ripped out, spines ripped out, all that. That's shit. That's actually a really good idea, bless. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won there. My answer would be boring. It'd be the most obvious, like, oh, I'd like to see what what could Naughty Dog do with a super mm. R-rated uh, superhero story? Because I think it could be something fucking special. Here's another one. Author, uh, because Apocalypse here in chat. Apocalypse Cal says, Rockstar, I would love an open world, the boys, where it is you're a fucking, you're a superhero. Maybe not Homelander. Actually, maybe not a superhero, because all the superheroes are bad in this show. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is, like, I think an open world game could be interesting for the boys, because, the like, the boys... The world of the boys is one of its greatest characters. Like they do such mm-hmm. a good job of making that whole thing like fully realized. And and it feels like a real living, breathing place because of how intimately they go into the tower and into like the 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 just the 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 merchandise and all that stuff. Like I imagine like a Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man type game, but just really brutal and fucked up. <laughs> that would have to come with like an infamous style morality system almost. Where mm-hmm. you, you can fuck up and accidentally kill civilians. You can run through people. You know, like yeah. you can fucking just demolish people and that turns you more evil. Or not even turns you more evil, but puts your honor lower versus like, hey, if you're actual act, actually an upstanding hero, you can get your honor back up. You can tell I've been playing. There's something there, around. man. Oh yeah, there's something there. Give it to me. Another realm, green light it, or rockstar, or anybody really. I'll play the boys video game. Story number five, a report claims that Cyberpunk 2077 bugs weren't caught because a QA company lied to CD Projekt Red. Now, here's the thing, right? I got the original report and also have an update to this report that kind of refutes the original a little bit, but mm. I want to bring in both in there so you guys have the full context. So I'm pulling from Paul Tassie at the Forbes, starting with the original report. Back when Cyberpunk 2077 launched, among the few apologies CDPR offered at the time was an infamous one in which it claimed that the QA QA simply didn't catch all the bugs people were experiencing in the game. It sounded laughable at the time, given the scale and scope of the bugs, but it turns out there could be some truth to that. And it's a potentially wild story. A 72-page document was sent by a whistleblower to YouTuber Upper Echelon Gamers, who has reported on cyberpunk issues in the past. It focuses on Quantic Labs, a QA company who did a lot of the testing work on Cyberpunk 2077. Among the allegations made, Quantic Lab over-exaggerated the size of the team working on Cyberpunk 2077 in order to keep the contract. Quantic Quantic Lab said the team was made up of senior staff, but it was instead juniors with under six months experience in QA. And then Quantic Lab had a daily quota of reported bugs, which led CDPR getting uh, to, to, to CDPR getting thousands of relatively pointless bug reports from the testers, which took up a lot of time and caused groundbreaking is- or game breaking issues to not be found or prioritized. This would align with the original claim that QA did not find many game breaking bugs at, uh, by launch. If true, this certainly would explain at least some component of Cyberpunk 2077's launch issues, albeit, of course, it ultimately falls on CDPR to decide whether a product should be released in a given state. That's the original story. And in an update to the story added by Paul Tassie, he mentions that Legacy, Legacy Killer, who is a Twitter user, speaking to his own CDPR sources, says Quantic Lab's role in the game's state at launch is being overstated here. And much of it falls to, to CDPR mismanagement, the prevailing idea before all of this. Uh, and this is me pulling from at Legacy Killer HD on Twitter, who tweeted out great about name. A great name, right? They quoted quote tweeted Paul's uh, article and says about this. Spoke to a, f- a few different CD Projekt Red sources that worked on, on Cyberpunk 2077. They all refuted this claim. As one developer told me, quote dot dot dot. We knew about the bugs that people were complaining about. This was not something that was unknown to us, but we did not have time to focus on it. We were crunching like crazy, so we were paper thin at the end. End quote. And then Legacy Killer went on to say that, like, hey, like, there are uh, people at the studio were also playing the game nonstop, and like, we ran into a bunch of shit as well. Like, we were very aware of, uh, uh, of the bugs. But Tim, the mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077 situation continues to be an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it makes sense. There were so many thousands of people working on this game that there's going to be thousands of perspectives on how it all went down, right? Yep. Like, some people are going to think, like, oh yeah, this is how it went down. And some people are going to be like, no, we saw the bugs ourselves, and all of them are going to be right and true because this that's just how game development works on this scale uh but yeah we're never going to hear the end of these type of stories because cyberpunk 2077 is to date the biggest blow up in video game history like the fact that the game launched the way that it did 
was shocking. And now hindsight's 2020 and all that stuff. But like, yeah, this is a, a major story and it's going to be talked about forever and there's no fixing it entirely. At some point, they can make the game as, as good as possible and it's going to win over as, as many people as they, they can. But the goodwill that CD Projekt Red had in 2015 is not the same anymore. Not and I don't think it ever can be. Yeah, and I'll never forget like the review situation for that game where we got review codes for it like six days before embargo. And this was I remember this was like the day after I read a story about how the how a developer had spent hundreds of hours in Cyberpunk 2077. And so getting that game the week before, I was like, oh shit, all right, here we go. But we only got the PC copy, right? And one version of and one um issue of the PC copy. And they held they they I believe like teased console copies that ended up not getting us console copies. And mm-hmm. that's like looking back at the story, right? It's like I'm sure to some extent I could see the whole QA situation being this weird comical, oh man, the QA testers lied to us. Like, I don't necessarily necessarily discount that from happening, but so much of it does fall on CDPR. Like, they knew what they had in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking CD Project, or not even CD Project, Cyberpunk 2077, wild ass game. <laughs> like, every yep. time I think back to it, I'm like, God damn, I can't believe that happened that way. And I, I can't know. believe that, like, I can't believe that happened after anthem happened and after fallout 76 happened and like we no got this like, domino effect of all these games coming out in such bad states that were hyped up in, in, in the way that they were i wonder what the next one is i hope we don't get a next one we definitely will but i, I wonder i wonder what it is <laughs> hopefully it's not starfield because i need starfield to be great Story number six, PlayStation Plus free games for July 22, uh, 2022 have been leaked. This is Steven Petit at GameSpot. As has become tradition, the next batch of free games for PlayStation Plus subscribers has leaked early. The user known as Bill Bill Coon uh, has been spot on with PS Plus leaks for nearly a year at this point, so it's pretty safe to say that July's leak will prove to be true. July 2022's PS Plus lineup is said to include Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, The Dark Pictures, Man of Madon, and Arcadageddon. Tim, that's a mm-hmm. banger lineup. It is, man. Crash Bandicoot 4 is fantastic. If you're a fan of platformers at all, you should give this one a shot. I know a lot of people don't like Crash Bandicoot for a bunch of reasons, and I totally understand that. But Crash 4 is actually good. Yeah, and Arcade Again is one that I'm also looking forward to. That is from the, ooh, what is their name? The um, Friday the 13th developer that Greg really loves. They also made Predator Hunting Grounds. Delphonic. Ilphonic, yes. It comes from Ilphonic. It was revealed last year during a PlayStation State of Play. It came out in early access last year. And I remember seeing it, revealed and being like, oh, this looks interesting. Playing it, and I was like, oh, this is really fun, actually. It is a uh, a co-op uh, rogue, a co-op third-person shooter roguelike style game with like an arcade aesthetic to it. And like a lot of the aesthetic seems kind of like, okay, let's lean into Fortnite type shit. Like, let's make it cartoony over the top. But a lot of it works. Like, it has really cool weapons. I really like the, the gameplay loop. It reminds me a little bit of Returnal, right, with a third-person um, uh, shooter, roguelike type gameplay. And I've been looking forward to it launching. And it launches in July. And yeah, it's coming out day and date on PS Plus, which is huge because a lot of the conversation we've been having around PS Plus Premium and Essential and Extra is, are we going to continue to see PS Plus games be bangers? Because mm-hmm. PS Plus has been on it for the last few years, right? We've gotten so many games coming out day and day. You know, games like um, uh, what you call it, Bug Snacks, Operation Tango, Stray's uh, coming out. Stray, Stray, but the Stray is coming out on PlayStation Plus Extra, not as like a PlayStation Plus essential. Got, oh, gotcha. Right, and so like that's the worry is that are they going to lean into the the what we've seen with Game Pass, where over the years. Game Pass has gotten dope-ass games come out, coming out day and date, right? Rainbow Six Extraction, Outriders, other games that come out day and date on Game Pass, but then you see Xbox Games with Gold put out some garbage. <laughs> like, that's been the, the like, the slow burn of, oh, shit, man, Games with Gold games aren't it anymore. I think there's we have a- fucking Nintendo just being like, nothing this month, and then next month, you're getting fucking Goober Booger Patrol yeah. 4 Here's on Here's an the NES Super game Nintendo. we made up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of randomized ass games for the NES and, and SNES. Yeah, we've I've had the fear of all right. So how are PS Plus essential games gonna go? Are, are there three games that are gonna be, gonna be bangers? Are you gonna see day and date stuff? And seeing Arcade Again be day and date it bodes really well, along with Stray coming out next month too. Like that's a that's a fantastic lineup, and I hope to see them continue that. Right, I don't want to see them um, uh, slow down on putting out the bangers for for PS Plus essential. Yeah, I haven't even checked out the whole PS Plus essential shit yet. I mean, it's worth it for extra. I think extra is where you're going to get the bang for your buck. You know, they have that is the Game Pass style library and they have a lot of good first party stuff there. Premium, I'm not going to lie to him. I've been very upset by. I they're missing out on on a lot of good PS2 and PS1 and classic games in general. They're also bulking up that library with remasters, which is like fine, but also it's like 
okay, well, you guys are doing this because you don't have anything else, right? Like, why is fucking Sp- Spyro Reignited trilogy on the essential, like, or not essential, sorry, the premium classic tier of games? Like, it's a PS4 title. Give me classic Spyro. Give me the old Spyro and then put this on extra. But I might be asking too much from places. I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm you can tell that, you. like, you can tell that I'm in the trenches on a PlayStation podcast with. I know exactly like, how, how deep my fucking nitpicks are. Uh, let's move on to story number seven. Speaking of something that's essential, Steam decks are increasing in production. This comes from at on deck on Twitter. That is the official Steam Deck Twitter account. They tweeted out this morning. Hello, some great news on the production front. We just sent the last batch of Q2 emails, and we'll start sending Q3 reservation emails on the 30th. Production has picked up, and after today, we'll be shipping more than double the number of Steam Decks every week. Woo! That's, that's good news. Hell yeah. Me and Roger, the Deck Boys, are both very happy about this because deck more boys. people are going to get their hands on the Steam. Deck Boys? Tim, are you going to join the Deck, deck Boys soon? Uh, you know, I, soon probably not. Uh, but at some point, I would like to. I played yours a little bit at the airport, and I was like pleasantly surprised. Although, I just got to be honest, man. I love my Switch. I haven't really talked about this on uh, shows too much, but I got these, um, like essentially pro controller but like they're they're joy cons that are like more like a pro controller on each side and it has been a game changer for my switch experience and just oled screen man Mm. Mm. talk to me steam deck when you get oled but the steam deck has like some pretty good resolution though like those games look crispy yeah jaggies on the characters that (laughs) is true that is true but i like Real the talk, Steam Deck then? doesn't have Breath of the Wild, though, and so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Steam Deck doesn't legally have Breath of the Wild. <laughs> We're such fucks. <laughs> Let's round out the Roper Report with story number eight. I titled this story, I don't know what this is, but it looks cool as hell. This comes from Daniel Ahmad on Twitter. I have a video, uh, Roger, if you're able to pull it up. Daniel Ahmad tweeted out this morning, Tencent's Lightspeed Studios also announced its first AAA open-world Unreal Engine 5 game based on the legendary heroes of the Jin Yong Wuxia world. Jin Yong novels are extremely popular in Asia, so this will have a lot of appeal as a full HD experience, unlike previous games. Now, here's the thing. Every now and then, we get trailers of games that are being developed uh, in China. And I'm always like, damn, this shit looks fucking nice. And then I hear more about the game like the next year, and I never get my hands on those games because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're all far out. But this is another one to add to the list of Chinese games that look like they're fucking amazing, right? Like, look at it. Apparently, this is open world. It's AAA. It's running on Unreal Engine 5. And look how fucking cool this looks. This looks incredible, man. You're right. There, like, there's just something about the 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 Chinese game market on this. Uh, the, I don't even know what you call this. Whether it's like triple A, triple I, something in between. It's awesome. Yeah, man. And like, I like, I mean, you've we've had some games come out of China and be bangers, right? Like Genshin Impact, uh, I believe, came out of China, and that's one that has taken a lot of the world by storm, right? And so, like, this is it's not it's not like a vapor vaporware situation of oh yeah, look at this. It's never gonna come out. It's more so a hey, keep an eye on this because this might change the world. What was the other one that came that uh I think it was at Gamescom opening night live? It was the one that looked like an open world Pokemon with a fucking crazy ass art style. And the trailer was like seven minutes long. Yeah, oh name my of it. god, I remember that. Holy shit. Chat, was that out of China as Doke well? Okay V. Car 89 says, yes. That's another one where I was like, God damn this game. Like this shit looks wild. Uh people are saying Korea. Okay, Korea, yeah. Like Doke V's. Korean. God damn! Like some some of the games coming out uh, soon look insane, but Tim, those mm-hmm. games are just so far away. They really are. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. We got nothing. Nothing's coming out today. I, I looked everywhere. I looked on every storefront, and it looks like nothing is coming out today. We do have a new date for you. Tapeworm Ooh. and Flea. Those are two separate games. Tapeworm and Flea. Parasite Pack is coming to all consoles on July 1st. So look out for Tapeworm and Flea. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in. Listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Nano writes in and says, Assassin's Creed Infinite isn't due for a while, but it is heavily leaked that a DLC for Valhalla is being spun out into its own game and is due out this year to fill a hole in Ubisoft's schedule. Mm. And then... Uh, TS251 says, Tim said there is not a Blade Runner anime. Uh, there is a full anime show called Black Lotus. Did, did Tim say there's not one? I thought you said there was one. Well, I said there was shorts. I didn't realize Black Lotus uh, actually came out already. Did it? That's exciting. Well, there 
you have it. Tim, today's Monday. We have a whole week coming up of hosts. Mm -hmm. This week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Tim and Gary. Wednesday, you're getting me and question marks. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Mike Biffle. And then on Friday, Ooh. you're getting me and question marks. Me and question marks oh. making a big impact this week. We're making a big Hell splash. Yeah, dude. Look out for me and question marks. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Dark Pictures uh, Anthology, House of Ashes with Greg and Joey. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>